0: Hello, my chaotic listeners, I'm your host Bailey Cook and you're listening to clinically chaotic the podcast on today's episode I'm going to be answering questions that my wonderful listeners wrote in Hi guys, I hope you had an amazing week. I know I did it was honestly Such a good week for me and i'm in such a good mood, which is so nice to finally say because Lord knows it was a very eventful 2022 for me, even though it's just started I had a bunch of exams this week, and I did really well, and then thankfully, I also woke up with a cold, and I'm slowly getting over that, so that's why my voice is a bit scratchy, but I started going back to the gym. I hung out with friends. Overall, it was a really good week. I read a bunch this past week and finished a whole series, and I know I still need to read a nonfiction book, but I haven't. I have all of 22, or 2022. It's fine. Probably going to wait till the last minute like I did with everything else but it's okay because I'm going to read at least one nonfiction book. So this weekend, my cousin, um, Savannah, was in state wrestling, so my whole family came up into town and watched that, and she did such a good job. I'm so proud of her. Literally, my voice is still kind of gone from screaming and cheering for her, but she destroyed the girls that she went up against, and even though she didn't make it all the way. I don't know how the whole thing works, but she didn't make it all the way, but she still did such a good job. It's her first year in wrestling, and I'm so, so proud of her. It was so funny watching her. I don't know what she did, but she like completely put this girl in a chokehold, or I, I don't know what it's called, but it was so funny, and my cousins and I, who were in the audience watching, were absolutely dying, but the family... Um, all of my family came up and watched her, so we went out to dinner, and then we went and played Kino, and I won money, which you can never complain about that, um, so it was a really, really good weekend, and then yesterday, it was so nice out, so I went to Whole Foods, and then I also went to Barnes & Noble, which, if you didn't know, I used to work there, and I caught up with all of my old coworkers, and it was nice, uh, I got some new vinyls for my vinyl player that, jasmine gave me thankfully because i probably would have never had a vinyl player if it weren't for her so shout out to jazz thank you for that <laughs> and then i also had to go to ace hardware to get light bulbs and let me tell you it was so embarrassing i looked like a complete idiot because i have no idea all i know is i needed a light bulb so i'm talking to this worker and he's like what wattage what size dah, 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 dah. and i'm like dude i all i know is i need a light bulb I have no idea, and it was really embarrassing, and thankfully, he was really understanding, but yeah, and then I also went to Mary's Mountain Cookies in Rockbrook Village, and if you don't know what they are, it's a little cookie shop, and they have gluten-free cookies, and oh my goodness, they're so good, they're so soft. Most gluten-free foods that I eat are usually really like crumbly and just dry, but their cookies are amazing they're snickerdoodle and they're I think it's caramel sea salt or something like that they're my favorites it's so good the flavor is immaculate please go try them if you haven't had them before and then I also made homemade banana bread with chocolate chips and walnuts in it and my dad's probably a little butthurt because he loves when I make banana bread but he doesn't like it when I put the chocolate chips in it and only likes it with walnuts so I'm not giving him any, but he's probably annoyed that I didn't make him his own batch because he'll eat that all the time, even though he's not supposed to have so much sugar. And then I also made homemade shrimp Alfredo, which Ava is probably mad at me about because it's one of her favorite meals that I make. But Ava and I also ordered Rex Orange County tickets for the summer, and I'm so excited. We Okay, so last summer, Ava and I went to... Casey and went and stayed with my um, family who lives there. And we were supposed to go to a lantern festival, but it got canceled because anytime that Ava and I have plans to do something, it'll somehow get canceled or rained out or something will go wrong to make it so the event or whatever we have planned doesn't happen. So Ava and I have already said we cannot go to each other's weddings because something will disastrous will happen. But I'm really excited. I think we're going to make it like a yearly tradition because last summer we went, we stayed down there for a weekend and we went shopping and kind of just explored downtown KC, which was super fun. This um, summer, we're going to go to Rex Ranch County, World of Fun, go shopping for a day and then drive down one day and then go home one day, obviously. So it's really, really, it's going to be a great time. I'm really excited about that. I'm planning a whole bunch of trips for the summer and I don't know. It's just been a really good week. And to finally feel content and happy again is just such a nice feeling after how low of a point I was with life literally last month. And I know I've said it before, but things really do get better. You just have to let time heal. And everything happens for a reason. I'm such a strong believer in that. But seriously, if certain things hadn't happened to me last month I would have never been in this position where I'm podcasting I'm doing all these new things and I'm in such a good point in my life and I'm just I'm so happy and literally if you are in a low spot right now I know sometimes it can feel like it's not worth fighting anymore but give it time and I know everyone says that and it sometimes doesn't get better with time but I promise you, it's worth it to stay here and fight a little longer because, gosh, last month, I, like I said, I was on such a low point with my life. And if I wouldn't have stuck around and if I wouldn't have kept fighting, I would have never been experiencing the things that I am right now. And I'm so grateful that I have people here who support me and are here for me and help ground me when... I feel so low, and literally, if you don't have people, reach out to me. I will be there for you if you need somebody, because I promise you, people want you here, and it's worth sticking around for. Okay, sorry. That's enough Um, deepness for an intro. Let's get into the actual episode, even though we are going to get kind of deep with some of these questions, but I'm also going to tell some funny stories and keep it kind of light. All right, let's go. Okay, we're starting off with light topics because some of these questions are very deep and emotional. And I will put or I will say trigger warnings um, when I do record those segments. But why can't you eat gluten or dairy? Okay, back in my sophomore year of high school, I don't know dates because I'm terrible with years when it comes to my timeline. But back in my sophomore year of high school, I was constantly getting sick. I was constantly in the bathroom because my stomach was just always upset. And it was that weird sensation of when you're running and you get a side cramp. It was that pain all day long, 24 seven. And no matter what I did, no matter what I ate, no matter what I drank, it would not go away. So I went through all these types of testing I did blood trust. I had a colonoscopy, which was absolutely terrible. And now I can't drink Gatorade because I had to drink like a whole bunch of Gatorade with laxatives in it. And it was mm, ugh, ew. I can't drink Gatorade now. But I had to do colonoscopy. I had to get ultrasounds done. I had to do blood tests, every type of bodily fluid test done. It was disgusting. And I just, I could not figure out, the doctors couldn't figure out what was wrong with me. So finally, I went through like GI specialists. I did all of these different like tests and nobody could figure out what was wrong with me. And my old neighbor um, mentioned to my parents that he had the same thing and he went to a ear, nose, and throat allergist doctor and immediately found out what was wrong with him. So we tried the guy who my neighbor recommended and We did all these like allergy testing and within seeing him in two visits we figured out that I was I couldn't I had a sensitivity to uh, gluten and I had a sensitivity to dairy and so I always knew that I had issues with dairy but it progressively got worse as my hormones changed as I grew older and it got to the point where we figured out my intestine was spasming because it couldn't break down the enzymes in gluten or in dairy and all these foods that I was eating literally every single day because I didn't know I was intolerant to them. And so I had to cut them out. And I, that was my sophomore year because all this was happening right when my mom died, which That's one of these questions, and I don't know if I'm actually going to answer that on this episode. I might wait till a later episode. I'm not really sure yet, but basically, I had to cut them out, and once you cut out gluten, it's so hard to get it back in, and dairy, you can kind of do it, but now I'm to the point where I've built up, like, if I have a cookie and it has gluten and dairy in it, I'll be fine if it's just a few bites or like one cookie, but I can't push it. Otherwise I'll be in the bathroom all night. My stomach will be upset. I'll be bloated for literally like days, almost a week. So I really have to pick and choose and be like, okay, is it worth it? And make a debate about do I want to push it or do I not? And now I'm taking like lactate with dairy and I'll be fine. But if I had to choose like, between gluten and dairy of which one I want to be allergic to, I would instantly choose dairy because with gluten, it's so hard because, I mean, so many people have gluten intolerances and thankfully I'm not celiac or anything, but so many people have gluten intolerances and sensitivities and not many restaurants offer accommodations and I'm not expecting every restaurant to, but with how many people have these issues dietary-wise, it's shocking to me that more um, restaurants and fast food chains don't offer anything. And so I really had to adjust what I was eating and what I was putting into my body and how I was going to cook food because my parents, like, they kind of helped out, but they did not accommodate to me whatsoever. And I had to teach myself how to do all this stuff. Thankfully, I like cooking and it was never really an issue, but it was so hard to transition from eating all these foods every single day to not eating them ever again. And like I said, now I'm to the point where I eat some of these foods and I'll be okay. But it's so hard because if I I if, if I could just have gluten, I think I would be okay with not having dairy. But I don't know, I miss baked goods and I miss croissants and good chicken nuggets, and chicken tenders, and fried chicken, and all of that stuff, and yes, I have obviously made a lot of recipes, and I've switched it to where I can eat it, but it's still not always the same, and I mean, I have a dummy's guide to being gluten and dairy-free, so if you guys want me to do an episode about that, I definitely can. I- have a whole bunch of friends from high school who have slowly switched to being gluten and dairy free because they've also found out their sensitivities to foods. So I have no issue if you guys want an episode on that. That would be honestly kind of fun for me. But that's why I can't eat gluten or dairy. And that's why anytime I post a recipe, I'm like, oh, it's gluten and dairy free. And it's just it's exciting. I mean, today I went to Target and they the good and I think it's the. Yeah, good and gather, plant-based. So I found a non-dairy French onion dip and spread made with cashews. And then I also found a buffalo cashew queso dip. And oh my goodness, it's so good. I think it's the first time I've had like buffalo dip and French onion dip in two, three years. Yeah, it's about to be like three or four years now that I haven't had gluten or dairy. And I mean, on trips, it's so hard. And thankfully, like when I'm down in Mexico, a lot of them, since it is corn tortillas and stuff like that, I have no issues. But like I said, restaurants really don't accommodate. And I mean, if they do, then I am there all the time because it's so rare to find stuff, especially in Omaha. Like I know in big cities like Los Angeles and New York, they always have people on TikTok showing like restaurants that accommodate. And so, That's why if I ever travel, I want to go to those places just to see food-wise how different it is. But that's an easy first question. Um, If you guys want an episode, let me know, and I definitely can record an episode about being gluten and dairy-free. Okay, question number two is also very easy and simple. Dream vacation. I think either... Thailand or Tokyo? I was planning a trip to go to Tokyo with my old journalism teacher and some other students from my high school before COVID happened, but then obviously COVID happened and it didn't happen. Um, that would just be really fun. I would love to try the cuisine and the culture to see that. It would be really, really fun and just a really neat experience. As for Thailand, it just it looks gorgeous and it would be really cool to say, oh yeah, I've been to Thailand because I don't know many people who are who can actually say that. And so, I mean, I would love to travel anywhere, but I think those are my top two as of right now. They obviously change and fluctuate a lot because I'm a very indecisive person. Um, But yeah, I think those would be really cool places to visit and just to experience different cultures because, I mean, in Nebraska, we don't really have anything, especially because I'm a white 19-year-old girl with no sense of culture, I guess. I, I mean, my family just doesn't have traditions or anything like that. And so it would be really cool to experience those types of things. Okay, <laughs> number three is what happened on your 19th birthday and your car accident? <laughs> okay, so I'm just gonna tell the whole story of my 19th birthday because. It was a complete catastrophe, and from start to finish, I mean, it was just a mess. So I woke up late. I had two exams that I was supposed to take that day, and I woke up late, and the first thing I did was drop my phone on my face, and I had a huge bump on my nose from, like, my phone dropping on my face. So I'm rushing to the bathroom. I'm getting ready. I was planning on wearing a skirt because it was relatively nice. And this is in October. And it was relatively nice outside. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to wear a skirt and like look really pretty. And so I don't have a flat iron or I don't have a like ironing board or anything. So I was going to use a flat iron to straighten it. So I hung up my like skirt over a hanger above my cabinet. And right underneath my cabinet in my bathroom is the toilet because it, I I don't know, it just, it seemed smart because the flat iron reached, (laughs) the flat iron could reach it from the spot that I hung it up at. And so I I straightened it and it was fine. I'm washing my face and getting ready. And I like bumped the hanger and the skirt fell into the toilet So I didn't have time. I had to throw on jeans. I was so upset. I was like, are you kidding me? This is like, it's just a mess. I didn't have time to eat or anything. And so I run out the door and I like needed to take the trash out and the trash was closed. So then I had to go all the way back to my apartment and keep it there. And then it was just a mess. So I go and I take this exam and I sit down and the very first slide I have no idea what this is and I was not prepared enough and it was just the exam did not go well at all and so then I'm like okay it's fine it's just been a really bad morning now I'm gonna have a good afternoon so I call my dad and I'm like oh I forgot about this part okay so Right when I finished my exam, I had my hydro flask and I always sat in the back of the classroom next to the wall. And for some reason, I like the, they're really swivelly desks and they like move. And I think I like moved to stand up and my hydro flask, like I knocked it with my elbow and it banged into the wall. And every single person in the classroom Turned and looked at me, and it was the most embarrassing thing ever. And I was already so flustered because it'd been a terrible morning, and every single person looked, and I was like, Oh, sorry, I'm sorry. And everybody like laughed. And so then I bring my exam up to the front to the professor, and he's like, Were you hiding a pair of dumbbells back there? And I don't know why, but I was like, Um, no. And I was just so confused, and I was embarrassed, and flustered, and a mess, and oh my goodness! So then I leave, and I call my dad, and I tell him all this, and I'm like, "Oh my God, it's been a terrible morning." Da 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 And I'm freaking out, and he goes, "Stop what you're doing." So I stop in the middle of campus, and I he goes, "Take three turns to the right, and it's gonna get your luck back." And so I do this, and everybody on campus is like, "What the? F- what is what is this girl doing?" Sorry, I'm trying to not cuss on here. And so (laughs) I do this and he's like, it's going to get your luck back. You're going to be fine. I'm like, okay. So then I go and I'm like, all right, it's been a bad morning. I'm going to have a better day. I need to go eat because I still haven't eaten. This is at like noon-ish now. So I go to Nacho Grocers. I get some seaweed. I'm like, all right, we're going to make Emily Makiro's salmon bowl. It's going to be good. So I am leaving... Natural Grocers, and I'm driving. Adele's new song, Easy on Me, had just come out. So I'm blasting that. The windows are cracked. And for some reason, this guy next to me is like, has his window down, and he's like pointing at me, and he's like doing the whole phone, like hand signal thing. And I was just really confused, and I was like, wait, what? Like, what is happening? and it happened so fast and next thing i know i look forward and the truck in front of me had already stopped and it just it happened so fast i had no time to react and i ran straight into the back of this guy's car or truck and so the music in fact does not stop when you get into a car accident you know how they always say it stops in the movies and stuff no it doesn't stop it still continues to blast and so my windows are halfway down um, Adele is screaming her heart out, and, okay, so I was in, like, the far right lane, and then there was one other lane going my direction, and then going the opposite way was a turning lane, and the guy, there was a guy in a turning lane, and he also had his windows, like, halfway cracked, and him and I make eye contact, and I'm just standing there, mouth open, eyes wide, and him and I make eye contact and I just lose it. I'm hysterical. I'm cre- I'm, I'm I'm screaming, I'm crying, I'm shaking. I'm like full-on in shock. I've never been in a car accident before. It was an absolute nightmare. And I was just my nose ring had flown out. Um, my airbag went off. I my lip was split and bleeding and my nose ring, like since it flew out, I had a bloody nose. And I, oh my God, it happened so fast. And it, so the next thing I know, there's a girl on the sidewalk and she is on the phone with 911 and she's like, Are you okay? How old are you? And I'm like, It's my birthday. And I'm just hysterically crying. And I'm like, It's my birthday. This is a really bad birthday. And so she's like, Oh, I'm so sorry. And so, Then the guy who I'd hit, okay, this guy was really cute. He was my age. I, (laughs) so he gets out. Well, first, okay. First off, she was like, do you want me to call your dad? And I was like, no, I'll do it. And at the time, this is when I was seeing my ex-boyfriend and I did not want to call my dad. I just wanted to call my ex-boyfriend. I was like, my dad's going to be so mad at me. I don't want to deal with it. I ended up calling my dad and I'm like, Dad, I got into a car accident. You lied. It didn't change my luck. And he was like freaking out. He's at lunch and he's like, what? Where are you? Where are you? And I'm still in shock. I'm hysterical still. And I go, five guys. I'm right by five guys. And he's like, on this street, da, 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 And he's freaking out and I'm freaking out. And I'm like, dad, I don't know. And I just kept repeating, five guys. This is a bad birthday. I got into a car accident. And so then the fire truck shows up. I get out and I'm, oh, so the guy hit is my age and he is waiting on the sidewalk when the firemen get me out of my car um I go and stand on the sidewalk by him and the lady who called 911 and so I just start crying even harder and I'm like I'm so sorry are you okay I'm so sorry and he's like I'm okay are you okay like my truck is completely fine. Everything's okay. Nobody got hurt. Like, are you okay? And he was so sweet, so nice about it. I'm so thankful. Like that was the experience I had because I know I've heard horror stories of like people trying to fight who got hit and da, 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 So I was so thankful that he was nice about it. And I was a complete mess, like I said. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. And I was just freaking out. And so then the lady um, who called 911 was like, do you want to come sit in my car? Like it's getting kind of chilly. And I was like, yeah, sure. So I go and sit in her car. She's offering me wet wipes, all this stuff. And I look in the back and her like maybe six year old daughter is sitting there with big old glasses, big old eyes. And she goes, hi. And I was like, hi, as I'm like sobbing still. So that lady, I don't know who she was, but Lord bless her. She was so nice, so helpful, literally so thankful that she was there and helped because I was a complete mess. Um, then my grandpa showed up. and my gra- <laughs> So this is my mom's dad. And my grandpa and I, we weren't really close until I got into high school-ish. And he, like, canceled a meeting so that he could stay with me. And he was like, it's okay. Like, it's not a big deal. I've been in car accidents, too. And I'm so thankful that he came because... Like I said, like, we haven't really been close, and so the fact that he showed up was just, it meant a lot to me, and he waited with me until my dad showed up, and my grandpa's the type of guy who will strike up a conversation with anyone, so he's talking to the guy who I had hit, and he finds out that the guy who I had hit was going to the community college in our town, and he's also becoming a firefighter, and that he was, like, my age, and my grandpa was like, oh, you should, like, get his number. (laughs) I was like, Poppy, I don't think he wants my number after I just hit his truck, and his truck was completely fine. He had a hitch in, so my car was, oh my god, Rhonda the Honda, she did not look pretty at all, and that's sad to say, because Rhonda always looks pretty. Rhonda is my heart and soul. I love my car. I've had her since I was a freshman, and I don't want to get rid of her. Like, I'm keeping her until she gives out. Um, But anyway, it was just a really bad experience. My dad shows up. We have to get a tow truck for Rhonda. Um, My car was in the shop for a whole month. And so then my dad got me another car, Fiona the Ford, and I had her for a while until Rhonda was fixed. But yeah, so that was just a whole mess and nightmare. And so then my dad, like, drive. okay, I just wanted to go home and sleep. I'm like, this has been the worst day. I want to go home. I want to sleep. I don't want to wake up until it's tomorrow. And I was like, I just want to forget that it's my birthday. So my dad, he's like, <laughs> my dad is just so funny sometimes. He was like, okay, we have to go here. 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 So he drags me to the insurance agency so that I can give them my ticket and, The accident report, so that we can get this filed through insurance and all that jazz. And then he drags me to the store because he's like, "Well, you're gonna need groceries. You're not gonna have your car. You're gonna need groceries." And then he also dragged me like two other places. And I was like, "Dad, I just want to go home and sleep." So then I emailed my other professor for the other exam that I had to take, and I was like, "Look, it's been a really bad day. I'm not taking this exam today. Sorry." And thankfully, she was really understanding about it. But then I was still dating the my ex at the time, and he came over and he was like, do you want to go out? Like, do you want to go eat? And I was like, no, because I still had an eight. And this, it was like six o'clock in the evening when he got off of work and came over to my place. And so (laughs) it's like six o'clock in the evening. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to make some chili. We're going to call it good. So I'm making this chili and everything's going okay. And (laughs) so then... (laughs) I had kept it together, like, I hadn't had any more breakdowns since the accident, and I had kept it together, and then I'm making this chili, and I almost cut my finger, but then I didn't, but I'm adding seasonings, and for some reason, I poured the wrong end of the pepper into it, and when I tell you it was a whole, like, cup, a whole cup of pepper on this, like, it was a literal pile into this chili and I looked at him and he looked at me and I just lost it and started sobbing and I'm like this is the worst birthday ever and he's like literally scooping this like has scoopfuls into the sink of this pepper and he's like it's okay it's okay don't cry it's okay and it was just oh my god it was a complete mess and I, I was like you know what I'm done it's not my birthday we're forgetting this day ever happened and yeah it I was sore from the accident it my 19th birthday was not very nice and all of this year of being 19 has just been eventful to say the least and so <laughs> 19th birthday did not go very well that is my car accident story and hopefully um I don't have any wood in my place. I'm not going to say that. Never mind. But yeah, it was a complete nightmare. That was me talking about my 19th birthday for 14 minutes. So I hope you enjoyed that segment. Now we're going to move on to the next question. Okay, question number four is what advice do you have for self-care and self-motivation? And how do you find motivation for those things? Um. So for me... When I'm in my depressive episodes, especially, I have no, I I don't care at all about any of those things. And I have things that I have to at least get done when I am in my depressive episodes. I have to shower every day and I have to at least go outside and get some fresh air. And that is things that I have made for myself and also because my therapist, Sarah, has also been like, you have to at least do that every single day, even in your depressive episodes. So that and I have to at least eat one meal a day. Because when I'm in my depressive episodes, I have no appetite. I don't want to get out of bed. I don't want to wash my face. I don't want to shower. I don't want to brush my teeth. And it's so hard to do things when I am in my depressive episodes and I know a lot of people don't understand that. But if you do, I I understand. And it's so, it's hard to explain to people who don't have depression and who don't get it. Especially my dad, he doesn't understand. And he's like, why can't you just do it? Like, sometimes you just have to force yourself to do it. And I don't hold any, like, I I get that it's hard to understand when you haven't experienced it. But for the people who have, you know how frustrating it is because you're like, why, why can't I just do it? And it's, I get so angry at myself, and it, it's so then, (laughs) then it dims, then it leads to me getting mad at myself and just speaking negatively towards myself. But that's not gonna help. And so when I am in those situations where I don't have any energy or motivation or respect for myself to take care of myself, I just have to be really understanding and give myself some leeway and realize that when you don't, you, I have to listen to my body, but I also have to listen to my body enough to realize, okay, my body is saying this, but this is what I know I need. And I just have to keep those limits for myself so that I do something. So I have to at least eat a meal a day, I have to shower, and I have to go outside when I'm in those depression depressive episodes. When I am out of them, I typically have a lot of motivation for myself and I typically can do a lot of things, but if I am feeling low on the motivation side, I usually plan some stuff every single week so that if I am in a depressive episode, I at least have some sort of Plan and I act or activity so that I have to get out of bed and have to be kind of motivated. So, I mean, if I'm really in a bad place and I don't feel like going out, I'll typically take myself to Target or go shopping and do something just so that I kind of reward myself for getting outside of the house and getting out of bed and also. Just putting myself out there when I don't feel like it and I mean if you don't have money that's or if you don't have the money for that that's completely understandable you don't have to do that but do something so that you get out of the house I mean whether it's going for a walk or going and getting coffee or I don't know just make a meal or something do something for yourself that you know you would respect So go like to the library or go for a drive and play some music. Just really doing things that you know are going to make you happy and give you some serotonin and add to your happy levels helps so much. And I know it's hard, especially like for me when I'm in my depressive episodes, I don't want to do it, but I know in the long run it'll be beneficial and it's going to be worth it if I do something rather than just laying in bed and feeding into the negative thoughts and the negative energy that I have. And I mean, as for motivation, I don't know if the person who asked this is referencing to like the gym and stuff, but I, I mean, when I'm really not feeling motivated, I force myself to go to like a yoga class or a workout class of some sort, because then I kind of have to put an effort and I always feel great after but um if you don't do that I mean just listen to your body you know your body and you are the only person and things that know what you need I mean dietitians and doctors and therapists can tell you all of these things that your body needs but you're the only one who really knows at the end of the day what you need and If you just don't have the motivation or energy, don't force yourself unless you absolutely need to and you also need to get out of this slump. I mean, if it's only day one of your depressive episode, don't feed into it forever, but at the same time, realize like you're allowed to feel upset. You're allowed to be in these episodes and it's okay to feel these emotions and Don't bottle it up. There's a very fine line and you have to find the balance between allowing yourself to feel these emotions and have this sort of reaction and also realizing when it's time to get out of it and when to force yourself to do certain things. And that took me years to learn and the only advice I have for that is to be very self-aware and journaling helped me a lot to kind of just realize my patterns and triggers and I don't know I don't have very much advice for that except you just have to be aware of yourself and know what is right for you. Oh my god I'm so excited to answer this question because I could talk about this for weeks. So the question is who are your favorite artists and authors and what are your favorite books? So I'm a very indecisive person, but when it comes to music and books, there are, I don't have like one specific favorite. I have several favorites. So there's gonna be a lot. So just bear with me. For artist, at number one, it's definitely Lizzie McAlpine. Her music is amazing. She's the girl who on TikTok did the whole like, you ruined the 1975 that whole thing. Um, and she's never really seen that song, which I'm so butthurt about, but I'm also not going to complain because I get it. Um, her album, give me a minute. I can listen to that. I've listened to that over a hundred times and it never fails to make me cry. Like if I need a solid cry, I go and listen to the song to the mountains and where do I go? And I don't know what it is about her music, but it just hits different. And I ball like a little baby, um, for bands, Laney, and Five Seconds of Summer. I saw Five Sauce in concert a couple years back, and they were absolutely amazing. They did their concert with the Chainsmokers, and it was such a good show. They did, they sounded amazing in concert. Um, other artists are Billie Eilish. I, okay, I'm gonna say SZA, but I know people pronounce it differently, so I'm going with SZA. Um, her, Sabrina Claudio. Uh, when I say her, I mean, like, H-E-R, the artist, her. Declan McKenna, the band Camino, Lovely the band, um, Rex Range County, Dominic Fike, who is in Euphoria, which I still have not watched because all my friends said that it's going to be too triggering for me, and I've been in a good mental space, so I don't want to ruin that. Noah Kahn, I just recently found him, and I'm really digging with his music, and then um, the 1975, and for more, like, rap and hip-hop stuff, Trippy Red, J. Cole, Juice World. Yeah, that's about it. Those are my go-to artists who I listen to. I listen to pretty much everything except country. I will not willingly listen to country. Um that's it for music wise. I saw oh, and Lizzo. I saw Lizzo in concert back in 2019, 2018. Um, at Maha Festival before she was super big and she was the headliner and she didn't know it. And oh my god, her show was absolutely amazing. I literally saw her for $50. It was great. That's something I will never forget. As for authors, okay, like I said, there's not going to be one specific because I'm so indecisive and I have so many favorites. So Sarah J Moss, I will never not recommend her. Like when I worked at Barnes, if somebody wanted a book recommendation, my first pick was always A Court of Thorns and Roses. If you like fiction and you like fantasy, please read it. It is so good. I literally have guy friends who have read it and they liked it. So, it's smutty, it's it's great. I can't I can't express it enough, but seriously, one of my favorite series. Um, Cassandra Clare, I read all of her books in middle school and I literally like for AR reading was sitting there reading full smut in class, but Cassandra Clare was really good. I loved the Mortal Instruments series, but if you're going to read that series, read, um, the Infernal Devices beforehand because then you'll be able to make the connections more. Um, and then I also really like Scarlett St. Clair who did A Touch of Darkness series which is a Hades and Persephone retelling. I read that whenever it first came out on Amazon. And then she just got big over the past year through TikTok. And now everyone's raving about her. But I have like the original cover when it was not the cover that it is now. And I still have both books. But that series was great. Other books, um, Zodiac Academy was really good. If you like magic and stuff like that. That's a great series. I recommend it has enough smut that it keeps you interested. Um, twisted series by Anna. I don't know how to say it. Ho, ho, I don't know how to say that. I'm going to butcher it. So I'm not even going to say it, but Anna something she, her series was great. I loved it. Um, a Court of thorns and roses. I already said, <coughs> sorry. And the wrecked series the Wrecked Roommate series by Kelsey Ray. That series was amazing. I read that. That was the book, the book series that I just read this past week. Um, Daniel Laurie Made series was also amazing. Uh, those are the only books that I'm thinking of right now that are at the top of my head. But if I ever come up with more or if you guys want just book recommendation, a podcast about that, I will gladly and happily do that. So um, comment on the, my Instagram if you want something like that. I'm probably going to do a few more Q&As throughout this season of um, podcasting, but yeah, that's who I am going with for now. Okay, I've kept it pretty light with the topics, but now I'm going to move on to some questions that are a bit deeper. Question number six is how do you move on without closure? So I think I briefly discussed this in previous podcasts, but... um. This is such a hard question to answer because you you really don't move on. You just come to accept it and I mean eventually you'll fully move on but as of right now in my opinion, I don't think you ever will fully, until you accept that you're not getting that closure that you desire, you're not going to ever fully move on. So when it comes to closure there's a lot of different things that you can define closure as for me and in my situations um I I never got an explanation or things just ended very abruptly or I mean my the biggest thing I can think of that I never got closure with is my mom um our relationship ended at a very fragile and rocky state and that is something that I will always regret especially because of the last words that I said to her but I'm not going to get into that on this episode. Um, Moving on without getting closure is something that people handle in a lot of different ways. I know for me, over the past month or so, because of the situation that I was in and I didn't get closure, I've learned that at first I thought that I needed it. And at first I was like, I want to know, I want to know, I need to know why in order to move on. Like, I need to know why we ended. I need to know all these different things. I had so many questions and I was just so hurt and confused and curious as to what happened And now I'm at the point where I'm like, I don't want it. Like, no, I didn't get closure. But at the same time, I think there's a reason why. And I think that it, me getting the closure now, I don't think would be beneficial. Because, I mean, I could have that person tell me, Why they hurt me. I could have that person apologize. I could have that person explain their side of things, but it wouldn't be any good for me. It it wouldn't do anything. It wouldn't change the facts of this person hurt me, even if I knew the reason behind it. Because, I mean, yeah, you can be empathetic and you can be like, oh, all right, I understand now. But even if I got that explanation, I don't think it would be it wouldn't change anything so now I'm at the point where I don't want it I mean we ended I've accepted that and I have moved on from that and so moving on without closure you have to first accept that you don't need the closure because if you take a step back and realize if you got that closure what would that necessarily entail for you what would it do I mean depending on the closure that you need and how the situation ended, you might get an explanation or you might understand the why behind things or I don't know. I just, I don't think that, at least for me, it's not something that I need anymore. And I think for certain people, you might need that closure. So if you do, I don't know if it's possible to get it from the person who hurt you or the person that you're referencing to in the situation. But if you can and if you're willing and if they're willing, reach out to the person or do something to get closure on you- from them. But if you can't, get closure for yourself on your end. And for that, the advice that I have is to write a letter or do something so that you can Get all of your feelings, all of your emotions, all of your thoughts about this situation onto either a piece of paper or a notes app or a plate and either burn it or rip it to shreds or throw it and smash it and completely destroy it. I think writing out all of your feelings and thoughts about this situation and about this person or whatever this thing may be, getting your feelings onto a piece of paper or just getting it out somehow, some way, is a very good start so that you can get closure on your end. And for some people, this might seem silly, and it might be stupid, but for other people, this could be really beneficial for you, and if that sounds like a good idea, try it, because it helps a lot, and I think that's the only advice that I can give on this, because everyone handles situations differently, but Moving on without closure is hard, especially if it's for a relationship that ended or a friendship that somehow just fell off, and I mean, there's so many different situations that this question could be referencing to, but having to grieve someone who is no, having to grieve somebody who is no longer in your life but they're still alive is hard because I mean people start off as strangers obviously and then there's a friendship and a connection built and then sometimes it forms into more than that and it turns into a relationship and being able to know a person and sharing all your experiences and memories and just sharing a part of yourself with somebody and then one day they're just a stranger again is so hard for me to wrap my head around and it's so hard to accept because this stranger now knows all of my secrets and this stranger now knows some things about me that not everybody does and that doesn't sit right with me sometimes but at the same time people aren't always permanent and sometimes there's lessons that need to be taught either to the person who is no longer in your life or to you and that's why people come and go in your life and that's been something that I've had to accept over the past few years and growing up I was always so angry when I was hurt by somebody and I was always so angry when people left my life and I was like people always leave me and yes I still am very much in that mindset a lot of the times but When I finally accept the situation and I step back and realize, okay, they weren't meant to stay, it makes it a little bit easier. But for so long, I was in that mindset of they left me, they hurt me, they did all these things when I didn't deserve it, and sometimes it's not about you. Sometimes the actions that people, sometimes the things that people do, it has nothing to do with you and you can't always blame yourself. Sometimes it's just a person doesn't know how to express themselves and they need to grow up and they need to Mature and they have lessons to learn themselves that they still haven't that you already have and They have to find that themselves and sometimes It's hard to accept especially when You've already learned these things And they haven't and Like I said, moving on from something that you don't get closure from is so hard to do. And I don't think, like I said, I don't think you'll ever fully get over it, but you will learn over time how to process it and how to deal with those feelings. And yeah, I mean, sorry, I think I'm just repeating myself at this point, but seriously. Moving on without closure is so hard to do. And if you are doing it, I'm so proud of you because I know it's it's frustrating and it's confusing and painful, but those feelings and everything that's happening is happening for a reason. And I mean, like I keep saying, I had this really bad breakup and now I'm doing all these things and all these things are happening for a reason. And I think that it's. I think everything happens for a reason and it needed to happen so that I could get to this point in my life and I really do think that there is a reason behind everything happening as much as it sucks to say because I know sometimes it doesn't make sense in the moment but yeah okay sorry I feel like I'm repeating myself I'm gonna stop there and move on to the next question all right Question number 7 is what is something that is hard for you to understand. Okay. There's a lot of different things that I could answer with for this question, but I think one of the things that is the hardest for me to understand is cheating. I I know I think I I think I talked about this in the last episode, but like I'm the type of person where I love somebody so deeply that I have no desire to cheat on my partner or be with somebody else, or even flirt with somebody else, because I, when I'm with somebody, I am so loyal to them, and sometimes that bites me in the butt, but I, cheating is something that I have never been able to wrap my head around. I mean, there's always, like, that question that I've heard people answer of, if you saw, like, Ryan Reynolds or Megan Fox on the street, and you could sleep with them, would you sleep with them? My thing is, like, if I've developed a relationship with somebody, and if I've developed this connection with somebody, and planned a future, and maybe, depending on your situation, you've had kids, or you're married, would you really want To throw away a whole relationship that you have invested your time and effort and love and money and emotions into for a night or however long that you get with this person? Is it really worth throwing away all of that investment that you've made to this one person just for maybe 30 minutes with somebody else? Like, is it really worth it? I I just don't think it would ever be worth it to me in any type of situation and maybe that's just because I'm so loyal to people that I love but I don't know that is something that my brain has never been able to understand or comprehend and I just like the person that you're cheating with like don't don't they care that you're in a relationship I just, I don't know, my brain has never been able to understand it, and I've never felt the urge or desire to cheat, and I I don't know, I don't think I could ever date a cheater just because I don't get it, and because of my trust issues, I'm also prone to think that if you cheat once, you're going to cheat again, so... That is something that is really hard for me to understand, and I don't know if I ever will understand that because I don't know. Cheating is just very screwed up, in my opinion. Okay, so question number eight I can kind of use this to reference back to the last question that I just answered. Question number eight is Is love enough? So, I mean, I would hope that it is, but. I don't think it is like when i first saw this question i immediately was like yeah of course there's enough why would somebody even ask that but now that i've thought about it i don't think it is i think loyalty is more important than love because this goes back to the cheating question you can love somebody with all of your heart but you can still stab them in the back you can still cheat on them You can still hurt them and betray them in some way. You can still do a lot of really messed up things to them. And I don't think love is always enough. I mean, in toxic relationships, you might love that person, but you can still leave. And I think respect and loyalty are more important than love. I mean, obviously the situations vary and it's all very situational, but... I do not think love is enough. I think that situational, like situation wise, it, it has to be the right timing. It has to, it really just depends on the situation if love is going to be enough. I mean, if we're talking like, is love enough to keep somebody together? No, I don't think so. Because like I said, there's a lot of different things that could go down and I don't know how to explain it other than I do not think love is enough. I mean, we're in the generation, or at least I'm in the generation where people just want to use each other for pleasure and then move on to the next body. But I mean, I don't think even if you love somebody, I don't think it's ever going to be enough if love isn't mutually as strong. I mean, you can love somebody with all of your heart, but the second that they hurt you, you could leave. I don't think love is ever enough, no matter the situation. All right, question number nine. I don't know how to answer this because, I don't know, I have a lot of different thoughts about this question, so I'm going to try and not repeat myself, but... I'm kind of bad at repeating myself, but I think I've gotten a lot better about talking on the podcast. So give me feedback. If I haven't, tell me, but all right. Question number nine is, do you believe in soulmates? So a few years back, I read an article about how there's the different types of love that you experience. There's like your first love that teaches you like what it is to be loved and then there's your second love. I mean, there was different names but I can't remember, but there's different types of love that you experience. And I believe more in that rather than one specific soulmate. I do think that there is a point in your life that you get to where there is one person that you're meant to be with and meant to stay with and grow old and have kids and do all that stuff with. But I think that I don't think soulmate is the right word because I mean, yes, there's like twin flames and all of that jazz, but I don't know. For me, I just, I don't think I've ever really thought about, oh, like I've met my soulmate. And I mean, I've had the first love. I know that. And then I think I had the other second one where it was like, this person is teaching you what your limits are in a relationship and like what you need from a partner in a relationship and that it's okay to want these things. I think I've also experienced that type of love. But I don't think, at least yet, obviously I'm still very young, but I don't think I've ever really thought that, oh, somebody is this person's soulmate. Because I've also not had very many great role models relationship wise I mean I haven't had very many positive examples I think it's what makes it also harder for me to look so positively about love I mean the only people that I think in my life who I have that are an example of maybe soulmates are my aunt and uncle their relationship they've been together for so long and Gosh, I love their relationship. They never fight. They've been together since they were in high school, I think. And I mean, you hear those stories about high school sweethearts. And I just, I never thought that was reasonable, at least in my school, because none of the people there were mature enough and just didn't seem like they had that mindset. Because like I said, like, people in my generation just want a one night stand or a thing or friends with benefits or a hookup and that's it. And then they move on to the next body. But for me, like, gosh, if we could go back to the whole, the guy picks up the girl, knocks on the front door with flowers, opens her car door, opens the door for her, kisses her goodnight and then drops her off and like introduces himself to the parents and does all that. Like, our standards for our generation are so low now. And, I mean, obviously not every person doesn't meet those standards, but a lot of us, at least in my experiences, nobody has ever done that. And, I mean, like, I don't know. I just – I want to go back to the – I don't know if you guys have watched The Notebook, but The Notebook is literally what I want. I mean – in some of those ways. But just having a guy have enough respect and like you enough to get you flowers open, like properly getting asked out on a date. I don't think I have ever properly been asked out on a date and it's always just like, "Hey, do you want to come chill at my house? Hey, do you want to come watch Netflix?" like da 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 da. I I don't know. I'm just I'm so tired of immature guys and not being respected enough for them to just think oh yeah like this girl is easy we can just I can just come up with something last minute like I don't know is it bad is it is it wrong for me to just finally be sick of it and I want a guy to put in enough effort to plan out a date like it's it's really not me asking that much at least I don't think it is but who knows I mean Guys in our generation are really lazy, which might be bad to say, but I really think that we are. (laughs) Like, all of the guys that I know are just lazy and they don't care about the people that they're going out with. I mean, there's the few and far in between that they actually care, but in my experiences, they don't. So, I don't know. I feel like I'm repeating myself at this point, but seriously, I just, I don't think I believe in soulmates. I mean, I definitely believe in people who are meant to be together, but I wouldn't necessarily describe it as soulmates. All right, guys, we made it to question number 10. So here we go. This is where the trigger warnings come in. I will be talking about eating disorders and depression and anxiety and PTSD. So that being said, there is your trigger warning. All right, people, let's just get down to the nitty gritty details. I was diagnosed with a eating disorder, um, generalized anxiety disorder, depression, and PTSD. Like I have said several times throughout the podcast, I have a lot of trauma. That being said, I obviously have some mental illnesses. My biological mom also had bipolar, depression, and anxiety. So it is genetic, but I think the way that I handle... My mental – okay, the the question is, how do you handle your mental illnesses? And, I mean, I've been in therapy since I was in elementary school, so it definitely has made it easier for me to cope in healthy ways rather than unhealthy coping mechanisms. And I've learned to just kind of handle things better than most people if you haven't gone to counseling – I I'm the type of person who needs an outlet if I have a lot of stuff going on in my life. So counseling for me has always been a very big help. I'm really grateful that my parents have put me through counseling because, I mean, I don't think I would be the same person I wa- I am today if I didn't have counseling. And I mean, yes, I've had bad counselors. <laughs> I'm not going to get into that, but I've definitely had bad counselors and I've had great ones. And You just have to find the right person to open up with and there's certain types of counseling that I think are effective and others that aren't but going to a counselor I think has helped me a lot and that's how I've mainly handled it but also having a strong support system is really big and being self-aware and I think I talked about this a little bit earlier in the episode but just kind of realizing your limits and realizing what triggers you is very important. And so um, for those of you who don't know, this week is National um, eating, or- eating Disorder Awareness Week. And I, for the longest time, I always knew I had troubles with eating, but I, I don't know. having, I, I've never gone through recovery, but I definitely have been doing it myself over the past few months. And I think, well, my eating disorder started after I was, mm, we're not going to get into that yet. <laughs> um, basically, I had a very traumatic experience. And because in that situation, I couldn't control anything that happened. I wanted to control what I could in my life. And so eating, I immediately just started counting calories and was obsessed with my body image, and social media definitely plays a big role in body image. For me, at least, it did, but I slowly learned to have a healthy relationship with social media rather than a negative one because it's so easy to fall into the temptation of, oh my gosh, I want to look like all these models, and you see all these Instagram models and TikTokers and just all these beauty standards that society have has put up and it makes it so hard to feel comfortable in your own skin when you're not and if you don't meet certain expectations then suddenly you're not good enough and so that took me so long to learn that you don't have to look like every other person who is popular and who is famous or a celebrity in order to be beautiful or pretty or worthy or enough. I mean, I I think very recently, probably within the past year or two, I have started to actually love myself and love my body image. And just, it's really hard because everybody has a different definition and standard of what they consider beautiful or worthy. And I mean, guys in our generation definitely don't make it easier because all they want is hookups, at least the guys in my experience is all, all they really want is hookups. And I mean, there's the few and far in between that you find that actually want a relationship, but it makes so much pressure on girls. And I, it's really hard to be a girl in our society in our generation and feel like you're enough when these beauty standards are there and so with my eating disorder I definitely have counseling has helped a lot and I've just kind of had to realize that counting calories and controlling every single thing that I put into my body isn't necessary and it's not going to change anything. And it's not going to be beneficial for me emotionally, mentally, or physically. And I mean, if you feel like you have an a, a unhealthy relationship with food, please reach out to somebody. It's, it's scary because, I mean, for me, I've always known I have, I struggle mentally. And I mean, that, That's because of my childhood and all of the traumatic experiences that I've been through, but to actually have somebody say, oh, you have this, this, and this, and to diagnose me, that's a whole different story, and it's so hard to accept, and it it sucks, and it's hurtful, and it's just, it's a lot to take in, but to actually know what, not issues you have, but what your brain struggles with chemically it makes it a little bit easier to see where to go from there and I I'm not on any pills because drugs are a really big trigger to me because of my biological mom I just pills I can't do it and I think that everybody has a different solution but even then when you I think what's really hard for some people to understand, at least the people in my life, is if you go on to pills or if you go to counseling consistently, it doesn't just make the issue go away. That mental illness is always going to be there. And I mean, I've had people ask me, they're like, oh, you have PTSD? Like, why do you have PTSD? And I I can explain it to them as much as I, I, I can tell them all my trauma. I can explain to them my story. But they're never fully going to understand unless they've been in that situation. And so talking to people about mental illness is so scary sometimes because when people don't understand, they make assumptions and they <laughs> they like to say that you're crazy or that you have issues and that you're not stable, and all these things that aren't true, but they just don't know how to understand it. And so they make assumptions and they come to conclusions that aren't accurate. And when you're the person on the opposite end who's being judged, it's scary and it's hard to open up to people when you have those reactions. But then there's the other people who completely understand and they are more than happy to let you rant and hear your side of the story and understand where you're coming from and why you have these illnesses. And when I say illnesses, that's not something to be ashamed of. It's a part of who you are, but it also does not define you. And that is something that I had to learn. And having mental illnesses, I think my my biggest fear is to be like my biological mom. And so when I was diagnosed with anxiety and diagnosed with depression, I was so scared that I was also going to have bipolar disorder and that I was going to be exactly like my mom. But even with these two disorders, like the two out of the three, it does not make me like my mom. And that fear is very valid, but I also have to realize I'm not her. And having these illnesses doesn't make me weak and it doesn't make me any less emotionally stable. Like, yes, I might have my moments, but at the same time, I'm just as sane as any other person. I mean, nobody in this world is perfectly sane. We're all a bit crazy. <laughs> like, that's that's just facts. So I think that handling your mental illnesses, I think, first knowing what you struggle with mentally, and then maybe depending on if you are the type of person to talk to others Reach out to somebody, whether it's a counselor or a school psychologist or something like that. Just talk to somebody and if pills are something that you would be comfortable with, maybe talk to your doctor about pills and go to a psychiatrist or go to a counselor and see if those steps are something that you would be willing to take. And I think it's all just very situational and it depends on the type of person that you are and how you handle situations. But... Realizing that you have people to talk to, I think, is a very big step when it comes to handling with handling your mental illnesses and handling the struggles that you deal with in life. And there's nothing wrong with leaning on others. And I definitely struggle with this. I've had to learn that I am not a burden and that it's it's okay to talk to people about my problems. But you have to make sure that the person that you're talking to has the emotional availability and that they don't have too much on their plate themselves because I know I've definitely been the person who I'm drowning in my own problems and sorry my AC is turning on or my heat is turning on but I I've definitely been the person where I'm drowning in my own problems and a friend will be like, "Hey, can I tell you about this?" and I'll just bury myself more and more because I am a people pleaser. I don't want to say no to anyone, but you have to find that balance and realize that sometimes it's okay to say no and you don't always have to take on other people's problems if you have enough on your plate and there's nothing wrong with that that doesn't make you a bad friend sorry that's really loud um it doesn't make you a bad friend if you say no all right y'all that's a wrap on this week's episode if you enjoyed the q a and would like to hear another one in the future let me know on instagram at clinically chaotic the podcast or my main account bay underscore cook B-A-Y underscore K-O-C-H. Stay tuned for weekly episodes on Tuesdays and I will see you all next week. Bye.